Welcome to the astonishing and unexpected adventures of Ace Tucker, Space Trucker! Last time on Ace Tucker Space Trucker. Anyway, near the smoldering Dazzler crater, Ace sees a familiar face wrestling with an Elvis impersonator dressed in a rhinestone encrusted jumpsuit. It is April Massey, the foul mouthed KFC cashier. The punk show got canceled. Billy kept raising hell about a monkey hitting him in the nose. One thing led to another and the bartender had to call the cops. Only the cops told him they weren't coming because of a bunch of Elvis impersonators that are riding in front of Graceland. And I knew my dipshit brother would have to be there. I just knew it. What the hell is going on here tonight? Barry, get back here. Barry, stop. God damn it, you ass bag. April, wait. Ace runs after April around to the back of the mansion. And there, Ace sees a purple Cadillac Eldorado Beerus approaching a floating rectangle of light with a ramp coming out of it. Whoa, that's Betty. Holy shit. That's, that's impossible. Jesus Christ, what the hell is there? And to make things worse, Agent Calhoun comes running out of nowhere and tackles Ace. Ace feels the hairs on the back of his neck begin to rise. Ivan had hit them with Betty's grappling beam. 10 seconds later, the grappling beam disengages and Ace, April, and Calhoun drop in a pile on the floor of Betty's cargo bay next to Elvis's purple Cadillac. Oh yeah, man, the caddy's got one hell of a repair system on board. Uh, it's what jump-started my nanobots, too. What the hell did you say was built into this car? Oh yeah, man, it's a super secret experimental time machine from the future. Well, man, from the future, from the future. From the future. When we last left old Ace Tucker, he was in the cargo bay of Betty with Elvis Presley, Ivan Chimpanov, and Hank the Basset Hound. The four stand around the 1959 Cadillac Eldorado Beeritz, and Ace learns that that old caddy is more tricked out than he ever could have dreamed. And the details surrounding Elvis's supposed death in 1979 were more bizarre than he ever could have imagined. 
Yeah, man. Those aliens told me that the second floor of Graceland became known as the most secure place in the galaxy following my death. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. As the mythos of my private abode spreads over the decades, it becomes apparent that that was the perfect hiding spot. Yeah, man. They installed upgraded security measures that only I could disengage and plop the time drive into my favorite 1959 Cadillac Eldorado Beeritz. How could I say no to a time-traveling Cadillac, you know? Oh, oh, man. Hey, hey, you want to see the time drive? Sure. Elvis pops the trunk, revealing a small glass cylinder about the size of a loaf of bread with the words Zimizons, outlandishly expeditious, printed on a sticker. Within the glass, a substance that defies explanation wriggles and swooshes around. At first, it looks like some kind of suspended liquid or plasma, but then it looks like a solid snake-like object turning in and over itself. Then a semi-transparent gas. Then a torrent of sand swirling and a whirling in a wind tunnel. It glows with every color of the rainbow while simultaneously being completely pitch black. The more Ace stares at it, the more his mind screams to look away. Jesus! Oh, yeah, man. It's pretty freaky, right? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after souping up my caddy with some other cool space tech, they stashed it in the master bedroom at Graceland. Oh, yeah. Then helped me fake my death and blasted me into space. Yeah, well, they figured it would be best to keep me and the Cadillac separate. You know, uh, layers of security and stuff. Uh, they gave me these kick-ass nanobots to keep me alive. But, but man, it's been like 40 years. Uh, I kind of forgot about the whole thing. You know, man, you know what it's like with them Nova boys. It's all space booze and space pills. Things get fuzzy after a while, you know? Oh, man. Uh, did you know Mustache Supernova were just a crappy garage band when I started working with them? Oh, man. Hell, they're the biggest band in the galaxy now. Whoa, mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This keeps getting crazier and crazier. I'm either getting used to it or I'm in shock. But you know what? Screw it. Who am I to judge? I've got a Russian cyborg chimpanzee for a sidekick. But a time machine? Man! Okay, I'm in. What's our next move? Well, I was told if anyone in a shiny suit ever showed up, I'm supposed to recover the caddy and take it to the nearest Valdovian space car dealership and await further instructions. Yeah. So we're just supposed to take it to a car dealership? And then what? Wait? Oh, uh, yeah, man, I guess. Oh, uh, they weren't real clear on that part. Just that I needed to get the hell off Earth, and if the shiny man ever showed up, take the caddy to a Valdovian space car dealership, then they'd take care of the rest. Yeah, man. Oh. What the? <laughs> Damn it. I just knew this absurd quest would never result in a big payoff, but Jesus, I thought maybe, maybe somewhere, somehow, there'd be money at the end of it all. Some sort of compensation? I guess that's out. It seems craziness is the only currency that's coming my way. Oh. So let me ask you this. What's stopping this shiny ass from just grabbing us now that we're in outer space? The one thing we had going for us was that Earth is protected by the Galactic Union's shield. And the caddy used to be on Earth, inside the shield. We're sitting ducks out here. Yeah, well, not necessarily. Once the caddy got hooked into Betty's hyperdrives, they started behaving like one cohesive ship. 
The caddy is acting like the main engine now, and because of the time drive, we are temporally cloaked. Uh, temporal what now? Yeah, temporally cloaked. We're out of phase with local space-time. Um, okay? Yeah, okay. It's like, okay, you know how when we go faster than light, we drop out of normal space and fly through hyperspace? Yeah, kinda. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Ace Tucker has no idea how hyperspace works, but he just keeps nodding like he is following along. Yeah, so right now we are flying not only through hyperspace, but hyper time as well. We are moving through a dimension outside of the normal space-time continuum. Yeah, it's like we're inside a bubble that is outside the standard universe. As far as that real, actual universe is concerned, we don't exist. Well now, that is handy. At the entrance of the cargo bay, Agent Calhoun clutches April by the arm with one hand, and in his other, he has a gun pressed against her temple. Nobody move, and nobody gets hurt. Let go of me, My, you do have quite the mouth, don't you, Miss Massey? Whoa, easy now. Uh, just put down the gun, and we can talk about this in a calm, rational manner. Um, it's nothing that a couple of rodeo clowns can't handle. Um, I said it's nothing a couple of rodeo clowns can't handle. Rodeo clowns. Rodeo clowns. Uh, Ivan? Why isn't the passphrase activating Betty's security protocols? Yeah, I don't know. There should be stun beams, trank darts, and kill drones raining down on him by now. Betty? Yes, Ace? Why aren't you blasting this <laughs> or flinging darts at him or something? I'm sorry, Ace. I can't do that right now. What? Sorry, Ace. But my systems have been overridden. There is a new ownership matrix in place. You no longer have authority to give commands to any of my systems. What the? Who? <laughs> Me! Here, you can have this one back. Whoa! I've got you! Thanks! I suggest you stay perfectly still. With a single word, I can kill you all. I'm in complete control of this vessel and its systems. Yeah, how is that even possible? Well, to start with, it turns out your dim-witted partner was right, Mr. Chimpanov. Outside of Earth, you are now open to his signal. Oh, mine. Uh, whose signal? <laughs> the one you call the shiny man, of course. Betty, show them. This is an image of Betty's exterior. Zoom in. Again. There. See that device stuck to the hole like a lamprey sucking on the skin of a shark? This device has been on your ship ever since your last encounter. Oh, that must have been what the shiny man shot at us when he knocked us out of hyperspace after Sleazon's party. 
I thought you said we were fine, Ivan. Yeah, I thought we were, Ace. But apparently, the shiny jerk is from the future, and I'm not all up on stuff that hasn't been invented yet. Will someone please tell me what the f*** is going on here? It's really quite simple, Miss Massey. I've been waiting years for this moment. Working, manipulating, waiting for this very moment to reveal myself. Agent Calhoun holsters his gun and reaches into his pocket, pulling out a small, impossibly shiny device. With the push of a button, a cloud of silver energy erupts around him. The energy cloud gets brighter and brighter until it becomes a swirling current of pure white light. When the blinding light finally subsides, a man covered from head to toe in impossibly shiny metal stands in Agent Calhoun's place. It is the shiny man in the flesh. Oh, jeez, man. (laughs) What the? How'd you do that? A similar technology to what you call them, Dazzlers? Except my device does not simply project holograms. It changes my appearance at the physical level. Do you know, do you have any idea how long I have waited for this moment, Ace Tucker? I had to get to Earth before the Galactic Union erected the protection shield. And as you know, our technology is not as precise as the Valdovians. I landed in Roswell, New Mexico, in 1947, and after a rancher happened upon the crash site, I assumed his physical identity and faded into obscurity. Years! I've waited years for you to arrive, and I was careful not to alter the timeline. Do you know how hard it was to refrain from blasting this criminal when he was a child? It would have been so easy! But instead, I encouraged him I nurtured him from near and far. My influence on the fringe of his every success. All to get to this point in time. Who are you calling criminal, you shiny? Oh, man. He's talking about me, Hank. Yeah, I know. But no one talks to you like that. Just let me at him, boss. I bet he's got shiny nuts under that tin suit. I'll grind him into pencil shavings. Oh... It's all right, Hank. I've been expecting this for a while now. So, uh, how's this gonna go down here? How would you like it to, Mr. Presley? Oh, hell no! That ain't happening! Come, jump to me, dog! (laughs) Like swatting a fly! (laughs) Oh, that motherfucker! Contain them all except Elvis Presley! A series of metal pylons spring up from the floor like pistons. They thrust their way into the ceiling and create a cage sealing off everyone but the shiny man and Elvis Presley. No! Let us out of here! Let us out of here! Yeah, it's no use, Ace. Those bars are pure ultra titanium. 
They won't budge a nanometer! You know, Mr. Shanamane, I dislike death. But there are some things I dislike more than death. Thus, there are times when I will not avoid danger. What ridiculous philosophical drivel are you spouting? Yeah, man, Mencius, also known as Master Ming. Oh, uh, yeah, he was a 3rd century BCE Chinese philosopher. Basically, it means I'm not afraid of you, and if death is inevitable, so be it. Honor and goodness are on my side. Yeah, man. So bring it, you shiny piece of Andromeda space trash. You cut me! Impossible! Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, these nanobots I have coursing through my veins travel to different parts of my body, depending on what I need. You know, yeah, they're mostly in my arms and my legs right now. They've made me pretty fast. Uh, oh, and I've been studying martial arts for like uh, 60 years now, so, you know, I'm pretty good at it. And and just so you know, I got you with a Eurekin strike, a back fist. I think the kids today call that a bitch slap. Slap. Ah! Enough of this! Look out, Elvis! He's got a gun! <laughs> Looks like your nanobots have all swarmed to your chest to protect you, King. The ones that you have left are probably trying to repair the massive internal injuries you've sustained. Don't worry, they won't have long to work. The shiny man grabs Elvis by the hair and drags him across the cargo bay to the garbage recycler. He opens the hatch and hoists Elvis inside. The shiny man's saliva has a silver sheen to it as it flies from his mouth and lands square on Elvis's lifeless face. Then he closes the hatch and hits the button that breaks waste material down to a slurry of reusable matter for Betty's fabricators.
For access to all the music used in this episode, as well as Ace Tucker Space Trucker merchandise and uncensored versions of episodes, visit acetuckerspacetrucker.com.